Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi. We are going through the book of Matthew. Now I'm in chapter 18 of Matthew. And I go step by step and then comment on the and give some commentary or explanation in some of these chapters. Chapter 18 of Matthew. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? But the Lord Jesus Christ answered them this way, verse 2. And Jesus called the little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. How can we become as little children? Christ is teaching humility here. Humility. Every one of us must be humble and ready to learn. See, a little child is teachable. Not thinking I know everything. Daddy don't tell me anything. I know everything. No, no. A little child is teaching. He does not know the world. And his parents are teaching him how to even tie his shoe. Also, how to even do brush your teeth. Everything is taught to a little child. Because we just come to this world. He doesn't know where, what city am I. We are to be like that little children. Because how do you think you know anything? We don't know anything. The whole planet has that we may think. Even if you know everything about this planet Earth, do you know where this planet Earth is in the... In the universe, are we on the east side of the universe, on the west side, on the center? We don't know. So we know nothing. So we all be humble. Christ said we should be like little children. Otherwise, we not enter the kingdom. We must be teachable. We must be humble. Both before God and before even one another. Because you may say, well, this is a great professor in English. Yeah? But is he a professor in, in, in physics? No. Oh, this one is a great professor in physics. Yeah, but is he a professor in medicine? No. So we, our, our knowledge is limited. And everything we think we know is still small compared to what this planet has. That has been divided into so many disciplines, so many professions. Oh, this man is the greatest engineer. Computer engineer, scientist. He knows everything about nuclear scientists. But see, does he know anything about uh, medicine? No. Does he know anything about um, archaeology? No. So you see, the, this planet we are alone is just full of knowledge that we, we can just take fragments of it, every individual. So that's why every person, every one of us should be humble. That Christ is teaching right here. That, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receive it me. Verse 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hung about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. So that is how the Lord value every individual of us. He said, even if you offend this little child that believe in Christ, say that you are in danger. So we ought to be fearing God and respect. One another. Verse, verse 7. 
woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Verse 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, call them off. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, call them off. And cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life alt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thy high offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye, rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Master, take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. But I said to you that in heaven, their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. But the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye, if a man have an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, does he not leave the ninety and nine, and go into the mountains, and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, very I said to you, he rejoiced more of that sheep, than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Now, we always use these passages to say that every soul is important before God. And God is looking for every soul to be saved. God, God wishes that all men be saved. And when a soul is saved, giving their life to Christ, and they are no more on their way to hell, angels rejoice in heaven. Now, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Now, this is a precept that the Lord has taught us in how to resolve conflict between brethren and brethren, between family members and family members. He said, if your brother offend thee, trespass against trespass means it crosses his line. See, no trespassing means don't cross this line. This is, you know, this is out of bounds to you. So, Somebody trespass simply there means he offends you. He, he crosses the line that he shouldn't cross, like an insult or something like that that's crossing the line. And so, so he says, if he trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So don't blast it for everybody else until you first talk to him about it. And if, you, if he repents and says he's sorry, then you, it's set between you and him. Verse 16, but if you will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. That is, get two people, one more person with you, or two people that will agree with you that, yes, you are right, this brother is wrong. And then both of you, or the three of you, go confront him to, to make him apologize, something like that. Well, the amount of two or three witnesses, the war will be established. That, yeah, we agree that what you did is wrong. We agree that you, you need to apologize to this, your brother. And if he shall neglect to hear them, at least he didn't hear what those other friends, two or three, that you took with you. If you didn't hear them, they tell it unto the church. That now, bro, tell it the whole congregation of local church. That's what it means, the church. Not just two now. Tell it the whole church. But if you neglect to hear the church, the church is the body of believers. And that's why you need to have a local church that's where you fellowship, the pastor and the group. Then they all heard about it. And if they all agree that, yes, this brother has done something wrong, and they confronted the person 
and he refused to apologize. He said it's not wrong. That's why I say if you neglect to hear the church, verse 17, let him be unto thee as an Eden man. That is, count, just count him as if he is not part of the church. That's what Eden means. He's not part of the church because the church said he is wrong, he should apologize or he should not do that. And he refused and he said, no, he is right. Let him just be as, it's not part of you, it's not part of the church. It's what it means. Count him as an Eden. And a publican, a publican in that generation are those people, tax collectors. They don't have anything to do with them in Israel. Because they are always, because they believe that the tax collectors who are working for the enemy. The Roman Empire that was taxing them is whom they classify as the enemy. And the Roman Empire has employed these people called publicans to be collecting tax. And these publicans actually not just collect the tax, they charge, overcharge them. So the tax is $20. The way we, your tax is $30. And no, it's $20. No, it's $30. They refuse to collect the 20 So the man is forced to pay the 30 and then they put the 10 into their own private pocket and deliver 20 to the Roman government. So that becomes like they know that these publicans are sinners. That's how they classify them. They are, they are cheating their own people. So Christ said that anyone that has become like he's not going to listen to your local show, then he's just classify him as a hidden unbeliever or a sinner that's not part of you. So that's how you should let him be like that. Verse 18, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, this verse 18 is talking to the body of Christ. After you have taken these steps, then if you command something, it will happen. If you are not taking all these steps, all the power, sometimes the power does not work because you are not taking these precept steps that God said we should use in settling our conflict. In, calling, in, in having no quarrel among us, in having unity in the body of Christ and love one for another, that is in that unity we have authority, we have power. Now, if there is no unity, if there is no, you don't take these steps, then you can't be taking the authority that God has given to us. It, it won't work. He said, "What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven." Why? Because we are in unity here under Christ, and Christ is on, in our midst. But when you are not in unity under Christ, then what you are binding, Christ will not be ratifying it in heaven. Because he is the one that is going to make it happen in heaven. Whatever you shall lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Verse 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For we are two or three are gathered together in my name, there are mine in the midst of them. So the Lord is pointing, telling us that the authority is given to us in the body of Christ. A single person can wield that authority, but with two people agreeing, it becomes even much more powerful. When two of you agree on earth, concerning anything, it shall be done by our Father in heaven for us. So God wants that unity. He wants that togetherness in the body because he said that, that they may be one, even as we are one. That is what Christ said, that by this child men know that you are my disciple when you have love one towards another. It's a part of love when we are able to walk in unity. Forgiving one another, loving one, one another. Verse 21. Now verse 20 says, We are two or three are gathered together in my name. There are mine in the midst of them. So when we are gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, two people or three, Christ reduced to two or three because he's not looking for somewhere we have to have a crowd of hundred people to pray. No, just two people. I'm there in your midst because you are in unity as two or three. Verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. 
Jesus said to him, I say not unto thee, unto seven times, Peter. But unto seventy times seven. So Christ is actually teaching us that you have to keep forgiving, keep forgiving. It's seventy times seven in a day. So have you done something wrong for seventy times seven, one and ninety times in a single day? He says it's not just seven times, but seventy times seven. Now the Lord is going to give a parable of somebody that is not forgiven how the how you will be treated. Verse twenty-three. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which will take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. Well, that was the way they do things in those days. They take the debtors and sell them into slavery to collect whatever they can get out of the selling the, the person and, the, and his family. So the Lord was using that to give an example of how people that will not forgive or because if you are forgiving, you better forgive people. Also. They give us, they say, forgive us our sins as we forgive others. So this is the parable the Lord was going to use to, to teach us that. So this man he owed so much money to his uh, to the king from baby trading, and he couldn't pay. Like they, con they give him money to trade with it and bring profit to the king, and he blew it. Couldn't, he couldn't get anything back, and he said he owed the king so much, ten thousand talents. But as much as he had none to pay, the king said, "Sell him, sell his wife, sell his children, to recover as much as you can recover from that payment." The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, you know, hearing that he was going to be sold as slave and his wife and his children. <gasps> so he cried unto the king, said, Lord, have patience with me, I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and lose him and forgive him the death. Verse 28, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down also at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Now, that is the teaching Christ is teaching us. He was forgiven just now, a whole lot of money, and then he took it on somebody else that hold him a little bit and say, no, I'm not going to forgive you. Just go and pay or he put the person in prison. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, verse 31, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he, that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, call him wicked, for, for what he did to the other fellow servants. I forgive thee all that death because thou desirest me. Should not thou also have had compassion? Compassion is the word. Compassion. On thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. And his Lord was wrath, and he delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. Now verse 35 is where the Lord put the punch. I said, Likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother, their trespasses. 
The Lord says, we are to forgive our brothers, our sisters, our brethren, their trespasses. Whatever they trespass against us, forgive. Don't hold them to it anymore. Don't hold them to it anymore. Trespass is what you use. Don't just debt us as if you owe me $5. I must collect it back. It's not talking of just debt us. Of course, you can forgive that one also. Why not? But you say trespasses. Somebody insulted you. Somebody fight one another. You still said, no, I'm not going to forgive you. Look at what he did to me. Look at what... All of those things that we call conflicts is what the Lord is qualifies trespasses. Trespass. If you cross your line, you cross where you shouldn't cross with me. That is trespass. That is you, or you, you offended me. That is the real world. So that is the end of chapter 18. But the Lord said, if we are not forgiving our brethren, say, God, then will not forgive us. There's a testimony of somebody that died and was found in heaven. He was a pastor. And he said when he was, the angels took him to see the angels, the saints sang, and then showed him the, the, the beautiful mansion Christ has already built. And they said, the angels said, let me show you hell. And they took him to see the people in hell. They were screaming and crying. And the brother said, well, I don't want to stay. Let's get out of here. And the angels said, you can, if, you, if we stop your life right now, that's hell is where you belong. Why? Because you just didn't forgive your wife two days ago. You didn't forgive your wife to this who offended you. And that's his, his wife, offended him just before he had an accident. And he refused to forgive just two days. And then he, the brother came back and said, well, we'll let you go back to make amendments. So the brother resurrected, came back and, and told that testimony. And forgive one another. Husband, wives, brothers, sisters, forgive one another. No matter what the fellow did. Oh, I all, no, forgive. Because he said, if you don't forgive, he said, but I was born again. That brother was born again, but he said, the angel said that if you have not forgiven your wife, God cannot forgive your sin. That, that born again is just cancelled. That's almost like, that's what it means. There's no more sacrifice for sin. That's what it means. According to that, what brother said that the angel told him, that it's like no more sacrifice for sin. God will not forgive the sins that you think he's already forgiven because you didn't forgive your brother or not. So that's why we want to Take this word of God seriously. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So Father, help us to be able to forgive one another and love one another in the body of Christ. Especially, especially even not just in the body of Christ, love one another that are even believers with us or non-believers, our family members, or even co-workers that are offended us. Help us to forgive them from our heart. So that we have no animosity against anybody. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the end of chapter 18. We we'll continue this in chapter 19. God bless you.